Lord, we just give this service to you, God. And as Terry had said in Romans 8:28, God, you work for all work the good and for all those who love you, Lord God. And Jesus, Lord, we are just giving this morning to you, Lord God. As we know that whenever we try to step out and we try to do a good work for you, Lord God, the enemy is there trying to throw everything else at us to stop us, Lord God. But he's defeated and he no longer has any stands in this world. So Lord God, we just lift this service to you. We lift our people up to you. We lift everyone up to you, Lord God. And we pray, Lord, that you will just speak to us in a profound and new way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we have started a, um, a new series called Accepted. And uh, we, were, we were going through the the book of Galatians, you know, just a little bit of a recap where we were talking about how our world views acceptance differently than, than the way God views acceptance. And so we are, uh, we're going to be looking in a little more deeply and we are talking about how the gospel of Jesus is the only true gospel right? There is no other gospel. There is, and anything else is just fiction and, and, or, or history, but there is one gospel, and that is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And we were looking at, uh, Paul was addressing that. We're going to continue on as we look in chapter 2. There, you'll see a theme throughout this book. You'll see the theme of grace, and we're going to be going a little deeper into grace today as we look at uh, being justified, that we are justified in Christ. And we're going to go, uh, we're going to unpack that a little bit more today. But in, uh, in, in our scripture, we see Paul's continuing to deal with the issues in the Galatian church. He's bringing up a few more things and he's trying to just bring some, some brotherly correction where it needs to be brought. In verses 11 to, to 13 in chapter 2, we see now he's approaching Peter because there, there's a little bit of a problem in, in, uh, in the way uh, their, their behavior is, is, is being conducted. So, so in verse uh, 11, it says, But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for, he did, uh, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised, but afterwards... When some of the friends of James came, Peter would not eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of cynicism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. Even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. So after reading this scripture, I can't help but think about high school and high school lunches in particular. And, this, and, and, and the groups and the cliques. And the, uh, just think, for some of you, it may have just seemed like yesterday. For some others, it may seem like many yesterdays. But um, think about that, that time in high school. And even, even lunches with people in general, where you see the groupings and, and the cliques. Like, I remember uh, my high school years when we were going to lunch. Like, we would, we would gather together, and there'd be about six to eight of us, and we would grab our food, and then boom, out comes the cards and everyone's playing games. And that was what we did uh, every lunch, unless we were going out for lunch and we were going to some of the sub shops that were down the road. Uh, we, we, that's what we did and that's how it worked. But I, I, when I read this scripture, I, I think because I've experienced it and I've seen it, 
where you see people behaving one way, and then when another group of people walk in, all of a sudden the behavior changes. And, and, and whether it's because they're afraid or whether it is because they're trying to impress, um, something happens in them and it changes. And, and Paul, has, he's seen it, he knows this is what's going on, and he sees that Peter has, himself has done this, and, 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 and he, he calls him out on this behavior. Because what happens is, is that Peter, we, as we know, is a Jewish man. So as a Jewish man, he has grown, and, and he has grown up and he has been taught the Jewish customs. And those customs, those beliefs are, are very strict, especially when it comes to who you associate with. Jewish people did not eat or talk with Gentiles or Samaritans or any other people outside of their group. They just did not because of many reasons. Because of cleanliness, because of, uh, uh, of religion, they, they just did not associate themselves with other people. And so Peter, that's, that's how he lived. But then Christ comes along and he, and he lives his life, spends three years with Jesus. And, he's, and he's, his whole world has been turned upside down. The way he thinks, the way he eats, the way he, he, what he believes has all been changed because of Jesus. His eyes have been opened. And so now Peter... No longer just being a Jewish man, but he's a born-again Jewish man where, where those barriers that, that were once there because of religion are now taken down. And there is no difference between Jewish Christian and Gentile Christian, but they're all believers. They're Christians. And so there's no, there should be no segregation between them. And, and, and so I just passed over scripture here, but as we look at one of the, the verses here says, in, in this way, God qualified him as the perfect high priest being Jesus, and he became the source of, of eternal uh, salvation for all those who obey him. And, and, and so he, he has come in, and he's interjected himself, and he's just completely blown away all these, uh, all, the, all these practices. And he has set people free to live a new life in him because of, of what he's done. So the thing is, P Peter, Peter knows this. Peter knows that, that, that because of salvation, they are all free in Jesus. That veil, that, that wall has been torn down because of the grace of God. But in Acts 10, Peter, Peter receives this vision. So, he, so again, th this, this goes to show you that Peter has been growing and he's been challenged by the Lord and, and he's been working on his heart. And that's the thing. When you are spending time with God, he's going to challenge you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to stretch you and you're going to grow because of it. And Peter, we've seen from the beginning of the gospel, uh, in, the, in the gospels to, to, uh, to Acts and, and even in this, we see change and growth in Peter. It doesn't mean that Peter doesn't make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but we've seen growth in him. And, and again, this way of thinking gets challenged. And, and you know, when Peter was, was, was praying, um, he, he ends up having a vision as he's waiting for, for something to eat. And he has this vision of this, this sheet coming down with all kinds of animals on it. Whether, you know, four-legged four animals, birds, reptiles, everything. And the voice of God says to him, eat. And, and, and Peter replies, no, 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 no. There's no way I could eat. I can't eat this. This isn't clean. But then, but then the voice again says, do not call something unclean that God has made clean. 
And so he's, 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 but he's referencing, he's not so much referencing the food as he's referencing the, the, and preparing him for the, the end wave of believers from different, from different um, nationalities, different belief systems. There's going to be people coming in that are not Jewish people that are going to come to know me, that are going to love me, and, 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 and I've given them um, grace. And, and, and so he, he, he tells them all this, but then you read on, he, he ends up, he ends up forgetting this at some point. And, and, and Paul, Paul, Paul calls him out. And, and, and because when he arrives, he says he's no longer, no longer eating. And, and again, we look afterwards, he decides to ignore these Gentiles. The ones he's become friends with, he's gotten to know, and he's eating lunch with. When his Jewish friends show up, it's like, oh, okay, well, I, I can't be seen eating with the uncircumcised. And the problem is, too, is that Peter has influence because of who he is, because he's, uh, he was a friend of Jesus, and he's a, he's a man of God, a strong man of God. He had influence. So when people, when other Jewish men and women saw Peter doing this, well, they started to follow suit, and they started to do the same thing. And today, we're going to look at this portion of Scripture, because as we read on, we see that the grace of God is not, was not just for one, one particular set of people, but it's for all people. And that speaks for us that we need to give grace just as much as grace has been given to us. And that we need to make sure that we are not prejudiced as to who receives the grace. And, and so in, in, in my, my, my main point this morning is that your actions speak volumes as to where your heart is. If your heart lacks grace, now think about it. If your heart lacks grace, so will your actions. But if it is full of grace, then your actions will spill out the gospel message. It will spill out the gospel message. And so as we look at these scriptures, we, we are going to look at the way others are treated, behave, uh, believers in general too, and, and how they are, are treated. Peter's actions were juvenile actions when you think about it. And again, I'm not beating up on Peter because the thing is, we have all been saved by grace. Our sins have been forgiven. Our old self is gone. But it does not mean we're immune to making a mistake. We will make mistakes. And, and this is just an example of one of those mistakes that have, has been made here and, 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 and this is when Paul comes and says, no, listen, we need to understand something. And so he starts addressing it. And, 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 you know, we have been on the receiving end of receiving grace, but we've also been on the receiving end of, of, of uh, being void of grace and being treated differently. And so, I, I, you know, this, this happens too, and, and, and it's unfortunate that it happens a lot when it comes to denominations, it, it, there, there's, there's, there's not as much unity as there should be. You know, Christ died on the cross, not so that we could be divided, <laughs> but united. And we, we have all done it where we, we, we think about other denominations in a different way, not necessarily the greatest way. And that can't happen, <laughs> And not to say that all denominations are perfect, uh, we all have maybe some differences, but here's the thing. Christ is at the center. 
Jesus is the, is, is the one who drives us all. Jesus is the reason why we are where we are. But we have to be careful that we don't go, go down the road where we start thinking that we're better than any other denomination or better than any other believer, but that those believers, that they receive grace and respect just like we would expect the same thing. You know, and we, we, we want to be careful that, that we... We don't try to pretend to be something that we're not or we do something that we shouldn't be doing and that we try to be more like someone else. Like again, going back to Peter. He was a, he's a believer and he was spending time with, with, with the Gentiles because again, they're all saved by grace equally. But then when the other Jewish believers show up, he starts to pretend to be someone else and forget that they even exist. There's a quote that, um, uh, that I that I, I really I loved uh, from Judy Garland actually and and she said once, always be a first rate version of yourself and not a second rate version of someone else. And and Peter unfortunately at this moment was being a second rate version of someone else when he should have just been himself, the one that God has made him to be. And so as we look back at at grace pouring out and and and, and pouring out the gospel message, there's a few points I want us to look at. And the first one is that to understand that, that, that grace is required for everyone. Grace is required for everyone. In verse 14, we see Paul continue. When I saw that they were uh, not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all others, since you, a Jew of, uh, by birth, have desecrated the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow Jewish traditions? And, you know, looking at this and thinking, you know, your actions have to stay in step with the gospel. Your actions, your, your words, everything has to stay in, in step with the gospel. And, 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 and that means living out grace to everyone, believers and non-believers. Believers and non-believers. Um, and, and, and I thought about this, and I, I thought, you know, I... Have you noticed that sometimes, and you know, we don't necessarily do this on, on purpose, at least I hope we don't, but sometimes we seem to treat our guests better than our family. How sometimes our families will get the brunt of, of, of our mood, maybe at the time, but we'll put on our best behavior for, for, uh, uh, for, for guests and, 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 and maybe people outside our families, like friends and stuff, and you know, um, they, they, they have to put up with some of that stuff. And I, and I thought about that. I thought, you know, sometimes we are the same way with other believers, our family in Christ, that sometimes we don't necessarily treat or give grace to our believers, our families in Jesus, but, but we put on our best behavior for the non-believers to try and win them over. And I, I, really, I really wrestled with this when I thought about reading this particular thing. And now Peter, he, now again, it was other Jewish believers, but still he, he like pretty much threw these believers off to the side and just ignored them for the sake of other people to put on a good show. Sometimes we put on a good show and we treat our other believers like garbage. Understand that we have all been receiving grace and received grace, so we need to give grace as well. 
Grace is for everyone. It goes for your Christian friends. It goes for your, your non-Christian friends. It goes for your family members, your, your non-Christian family members. It goes for everyone. It's required of us. We were given grace freely. We need to give grace freely. We really do. I have seen, and again, you've probably seen it too, I've seen enough times where people thought that just because they were close with them or they were in, in, in the church or in leadership that they could just treat them like garbage. It gives you no right to treat anyone like garbage. We are to give grace. We are to, now if there's an issue and it needs to be called out and it is a gospel issue, then by all means, the, the Bible even says to address it. But it gives us no right to treat other people like garbage for any reason. We are all saved by grace. We are all saved by the blood of Jesus. And we need to act like it. And so the next thing we need to understand is that we are justified by grace. We are justified by grace. And, 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 and uh Paul, Paul starts to preach grace again, and he continues to preach it, that each person is justified. So, so what, what does justified mean, all right? We think, okay, well, are we made just? Um, but we have been, uh, we have been um, shown what it is to, to, to be right, to be reasonable, and, and declared righteous and innocent. Declared righteous and innocent. It, it, think, think of... Think of how it would have looked. And, uh, you know, here you are, here you are, walking up to the throne, walking up to that judge seat, shackled, guilty, 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 guilty. Like you are, you are doomed. There's nothing that's getting you out of this. You are guilty. You have made mistakes. And by right, you are to be thrown away, never be seen. That key is supposed to be melted, not even just thrown away, but melted down so they can never let you out of your prison cell. Like, I mean, guilty, 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 you know. And you're standing there, you're waiting for that, for that, that call. You're waiting, waiting for that gaveling to come down to say, guilty, put them away, never see them again. And then all of a sudden, before the gaveling comes down, you're declared innocent. Those shackles that were keeping you down are now loosened up and fall onto the floor and you are no longer held to the, to the world standards. You're no, longer, you're no longer bound by the sin, but you have been justified in Jesus. Verse 15, you and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet you know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. Not by obeying the law, and we have believed in Jesus Christ so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ. Not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will be made right with God by obeying the law. We have been made right, folks. We have been made right. We have been made clean. This is the greatest gift that you and I will ever receive, will ever, will, will ever receive. And we're going to go a little bit deeper into faith and works by law in chapter 3 uh, next week. But, but he touches on it here. And, 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 and the, the law, this is the thing about the law. 
The law was put in place to let you know that you've made mistakes. The law had no power to save you. It's just letting you know, <laughs> you're a loser, you've made mistakes. That, that's, that's what the law, the, the law is there. And, and, and so the law had no power to, to, to give you life. The law had no power to save you. So it wasn't the law that saved you, but it's by the graces of Jesus that you have been justified and have been saved. In John chapter 8, verse 36, so if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Praise God. Praise God. We are free. And so the last thing we should understand about grace is that to live by grace, you first must die. Right? You first must die. In verses 17 to 20, but suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Jesus, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean that Christ has led us to sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I have already torn down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise Jesus. Lord God, we thank you that you live in us, O oh God. We thank you, Jesus, that we are set free in you. Thank you, Lord. We are free in him. And but the thing is, we need to die to ourselves first so that we can be alive in him next. Right? We have to die to ourselves so that we can be alive again. And, and the law has found every single one of us guilty and has given us all a death sentence. So we have a choice. We could either wait around, enjoy this life, keep enjoying in our goods and our, and our, 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 our possessions and just keep living and just deal with the, the, the penalty later, or we can throw it all away, we could die to it all, and then we can live freely in him for eternity. Hmm, what choice am I going to make? I really do like that TV. But that TV will not go with me when I go, will it? We are set free in him. And so we need to take everything. We need to take it all. And we need to nail it to that cross. We need to nail it to that cross. We need to die to it. And we need to die to it every day. We need to carry our cross with us daily. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. When we choose to die with Christ, we also rise with Christ. Christ suffered for our sins once and for all. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, again, thinking as we close, think about your actions. 
think about uh, think about grace and how grace has affected you, right? Think about it for a second. Close your eyes and just think. If grace is void in our hearts, if, if there is no grace in our hearts, then our actions will show it. If we don't carry around that grace that God has given us, if we don't carry around knowing that we are freed people, and if, if, we, don't, if we don't share that grace, then our, it's going to show in our actions. It's going to show in our actions. But when we live out that grace, then we demonstrate and live out that gospel message. We live out that gospel message. So here's a couple questions to ask you this morning to take away, to think about, to ponder on. How should grace, how the grace of God, how should the grace of God affect your attitude towards other people? How should the grace of God affect your attitude towards other believers? If your heart lacks grace, then what you are doing, what you're going to do then what are you going to do to make sure that that grace is topped up? If your heart is lacking grace, if there is just a void there, then what are you going to do to make sure that that heart of yours is topped up, full of grace, and ready to pour out to other people? Because God has freely given it to us, so we should freely give back. So Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, God, that we are saved by grace, Lord God that we are justified in you. And so, Jesus, I pray today, Lord God, as we go out, that as we, we, we go out into the world, Lord, that we will give that grace equally to people, that our grace will go out, that we will not treat people differently, that we will not treat people poorly, Lord God, but we will love them, we will show them grace, Lord God. When correction needs to happen, may it be done through the loves and grace of Jesus, that when, 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 when the hugs need to be given, Lord God, I know we can't give them now, Lord God, but we give them the love, we give them the grace that they need. Lord God, when people are hurting, when people are in need, when people feel abandoned, when people feel rejected, Lord God, that the grace pours out that they know that they are loved that they know that they are cared for and then they know that through jesus name lord god that there is a better way a better life for them so jesus we just pray lord god that you will use us we are your vessel jesus you live in us and we pray lord god that people will see you in us every day in jesus precious name amen amen god bless you all have a great day